Galnet News Digest Review of the Year 3305. We recall the news so you don't have to. Part 5. Developments and the Future The Pilots' Federation is always looking for ways to improve its members' experience of the galaxy. In this final part of the Review of the Year, we look at all the new technology they've released. The Year of the Fleet Carrier There may have been no new ships in 3305, but 3305 was to be the year of the fleet carrier. They were originally scheduled for release back in November 3304, when they were to be called squadron carriers. But this was delayed to allow urgent rework. Apart from the fleet carriers, though, what else was in the pipeline? It wasn't until March that the ultra-secretive Pilots' Federation revealed that the massive set of updates they'd started working on in 3304 wouldn't be ready until at the very earliest, the middle of 3306, and probably quite a lot later than that. To put that in context, that's enough time to fly to Hutton Orbital at least 9,000 times. According to the Pilots' Federation, they would provide ongoing news and announcements as development progressed. By the end of 3305, there had been no updates, but that doesn't necessarily mean that no progress had been made. The March update also promised what would turn out to be interstellar initiatives, bridging the Gap, the Enclave, the Scourge and the Golconda, and small updates every three to four months, which would focus mainly on new commanders and learning how to fly. Also in March, massive changes were made to the so-called background sim, the political, economic and security systems that are so essential to all inhabited systems. These changes meant that systems no longer seemed to be on roller skates, and managing systems finally became manageable. But it was all very complicated, so we won't go into all the details here. And we briefly remembered that squadron leaderboards existed when someone accidentally closed Season 2 down a month early. Tracking issues in triplicate In April, a new issues tracker was created. This meant a multi-stage automated process of confirmation and voting before any real Pilots' Federation employees would look at the issue. So, for example, if a commander reported that Beetlejuice was about to go supernova, the Pilots' Federation wouldn't take any action to evacuate the surrounding systems until firstly enough commanders had confirmed that it was about to go supernova, and secondly, until enough commanders had voted that it might be a good idea to evacuate the surrounding systems. But commanders have only four votes each, so if five different systems were about to go supernova, the fifth one would have to wait until the first four had been evacuated. In April, the first of the three to four monthly updates arrived. It introduced a small collection of so-called starter systems, where new commanders could earn their wings before having angel wings forced upon them by more experienced commanders. Sarah Jane finally got her way with the introduction of the advanced docking computer, which is actually a launch computer. And Supercruise Assist further automated and simplified the task of flying a spacecraft. 
New module slots were even provided for these new modules, which finally made the hauler ideal for exploration as long as you immediately sold your new automation modules. The update also introduced a plethora of new icons in the navigation tab that nobody understands, and a bug fix to make sure that actual canopy condition was accurately reported. This last fix caused a minor panic amongst commanders, who believed that the change to the way remaining canopy integrity was reported meant their canopies were more fragile than previously. This was absolutely not the case. Fleet Carrier Details Announced At LaveCon in July, the Pilots' Federation announced that all new pilots would have to undergo mandatory flight instruction before they earned their commander title. They also announced a new currency for cosmetic items only called ARCs. ARCs doesn't stand for anything. The chairman of the Pilots' Federation was presented with a long list of possible names for the new currency, and ARCs is the one he didn't cross out. And there was a tantalising glimpse of a fleet carrier arriving in the system, and an announcement that fleet carriers would become available to purchase at the end of 3305, just a year later than originally planned. Also in July, Yuri Grom announced his retirement from Powerplay. Grom had been the winner of the Rise to Power event in 3302. He said he had achieved everything he wanted to in politics, and now he wanted to spend more time with his family before his children grew up. In August, the Pilots' Federation finally gave details about how fleet carriers would work. With 16 landing pads, a commander's entire working fleet could be ferried around at a rate of 500 light-years per jump, subject to sufficient super-jumponium being in stock. A number of different loadouts would be available depending on the commander's chosen career path, including bounty hunter, mercenary, pirate, trader, smuggler, miner, explorer and search and rescue. This was the point at which it became clear that squadron joint ownership would no longer be an option. Trades Union Demands Slower Development Following the September update that introduced the pilot instructor and arcs, a number of inexplicable and unrelated systems started failing. Miners find themselves repeatedly attacked and destroyed by the Black Adder and the Scarlet Crate, while the Orange Sidewinder continued to be as annoying as it usually is. There were problems with engineering locking up and with swapping modules and changing ships. Also, highly bizarrely, Many of the new bases in the Witchhead Nebula that were established as part of the Enclave Initiative quietly shut themselves down and refused to let anyone dock. The quality control processes employed by the Pilots' Federation were called into question, and this eventually led to the amalgamated trades union of elite commanders and associated trades demanding more open communication on plans, better testing, and various other moans and groans they tacked on while they were at it. The Pilots' Federation Director of Publishing somewhat stirred up the hornet's nest by referring to the solitary statement dating back to March, six months earlier, as an example of open and frequent communication. But the Union of Elite Commanders got its way, with the Pilots' Federation promising to improve testing and slow down development 
just as had been demanded. As a consequence, the delayed fleet carriers were once again delayed, with the release now planned for the second quarter of 3306. And this was the point when the Pilots' Federation announced that it would not be ready to start open and honest communication about the massive set of updates they were planning until the middle of 3306, at the earliest. 3305 ended with a short celebration of the fifth anniversary of the invention of the frameshift drive and a festive countdown, during which a small number of arcs were distributed and some metallic paint jobs were made available. Here's to the future. What are we to look forward to in 3306? Fleet carriers may put in an appearance. And by the end of 3306, what else will we have? Will we be able to land on Earth-like worlds? Or splash down on water worlds? Will we get to walk around in our ships? In space stations? On planets? Will we get to meet the Guardian sentient AI? Or are the Sentinels all we're going to get? Will the Thargoids come back? Will we get to shake tentacles with Tharg the Mighty? Now that Core Dynamics has bought out Vodal, will we see surface vehicles other than the Scarab? Will we fly the Moray Starboat? Or the Panther Clipper? Only time and Adam Woods will tell. And that was the final part of this year's Galnet News Review of the Year 3305 Galnet News Digest. We recalled the news so you didn't have to.